0: Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> all right, you've got your stuff on the quest out now. I talked about it yesterday We kind of started even a little bit yesterday So just give me ten minutes to kind of recap to make sure we all know what's going on fair enough Yeah. Alright, so on the day of the final which for you guys is exactly two weeks from today you've Got lots of time, right? You will be handing in this map with this red line on it it's going to go from the Shire down to the breaking of the Fellowship where Boromir gets killed. That red line is worth five points on this map. You can color it. Have a ball. on you know, you don't think, I don't have to grade you on your coloring, right? But you can color it. But at least you're going to draw Frodo's journey. Is okay. that what our going to sh- I'll tell you about that just a second. Right? So, it's the So we're go- line, right? It's going to be. You're gonna, I'm going to give you little dots on where he goes. And you're going to connect all those dots and do the line. Now. Don't draw it yet, because they don't go on the roads at all. So you got to kind of help me. Let me help you follow it through, all right? So that's going to be this. Inside of this, you will take your notes on the quest and your notes on my quest, stick them in there, and then you will have your own map that you make on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And after you do all of the metaphors from your journey, get to make your own little map now everybody's been asking me like so what is that i'm like whatever you want i'm being intentionally vague all right you could do little chicken scratch stick figures with name the locations just draw a line you could do like a pie chart wow you could do like a little wave graph you can make a uh, i think nate bolt said he's going to make a picture of the united states of america on here you're going <laughs> to download one from google images and like connect all the dots Whatever you want to do. You can do little pictures of yourself from Facebook that represent all those things. You can do what? Whatever you want. Here's what I want from you, though. You will have Frodo's quest with all of his metaphors listed out and then a visual aid of that. Does that make sense? Seeing the journey. You're going to have yours with a visual aid. Does that help a little bit? By the end of class, this really will make more sense, I think, after we've talked about it. Now, the way that we're going to get to that point is you will, today in class, fill out the quest. We kind of started a little bit with Hobbiton yesterday. So, Bag End in Hobbiton, we're going to describe it. Friends, foes, monsters, gifts received, the significance of the location, all those different things. Here, describe that in as much detail as you can, so that when you do the metaphor transfer later for your quest, you're going to pull from those details. The more details you have, the easier it is. Got that? Now, you do not have to take notes on this little handout. This would be actually a really healthy use for your Chromebook right now. Some of you could just open up a Google thing or open up the Word file or even go to Academy Central and open up the Word document that I put on there and just fill it out. Does that make sense? So some of you will want to do that. That will be easy. I actually have a couple students who did that last year I'm pulling from someone right here who just did it. I'm like, oh, those are really good notes. Can I use it in class? And you're like, sure. It's on right? Word yeah, there's a Word document on there. You can do that. That ways? That's actually on Academy Central right there in a Word document. I mean, all the not, well, not all the answers to it. You get to fill yours out. You can also, Tate Fritz donated his to the class. He's got 61 pages of notes on this. it. Like, yeah, you can take the like, class twice a day. How, how did he do he that? He told us about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there you go. So like, all of this information is available for you. There's no reason why you would not have. On just
1: this or on the entire class? Uh,
0: Both. He did actually 192 pages of the entire class. He, he, he took notes on the whole class he uh-huh. was everything. All right, but now we have so someone who is also doing that in 2.0. Thank you. And actually, I appreciate what you're doing. Right? She's getting all the questions from class. So good. Oh, so, good. so Yeah, I know. No, yeah, it's just like priceless. Uh, but yeah, so this stuff is available for you. Does that, does that make sense? So if you're like, oh, if I don't know what to do, like here's the beauty of it: if you don't just color and listen, color and listen. Tomorrow I'm going to put all these Tolkien books out, all these picture books. You can flip through those, right? Here's what not to do: don't get on your Chromebook and surf the internet. If you want to do that, I'm, I'm not being mean. Just go to the library and surf the internet. Whatever. Do this on your own time. I don't want you to distract others in class or yourself. If you're going to be on your phone the whole time. Literally just say you have to go to the bathroom and go sit in the library and be on your phone. Alright? In class, we're gonna do Tolkien stuff. Fair enough? And and because all that other stuff's available, well whatever then. Go you do what you gotta do. Alright, you have to at least show up and let me take attendance. Alright? Fair enough. I probably shouldn't have said that, but whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh huh. Feel free. That's a good use for your computer. Now that's yeah, that thank you for declaring it. I really appreciate the declaration. We have a couple students who are doing that. It really helps. The rest of this now is the metaphoric transfer to MyQuest. Now, here's what I need. On your note packet, or wherever you're taking notes, I need you to write this down. I did not put it, everybody's like, well, why don't you just put it on the, the MyQuest notes? Well, I probably should, but part of me doesn't want to. I want you guys to write it down. Write down a few little tips here and a few details that I wanna give you. So, MyQuest, everybody got this? and it says you may ask why was I chosen and the Lord might reply not for these reasons or whatever but you have been chosen for your quest and your quest is this love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and mind and love your neighbor and love yourself how's it going like that's our quest and you might have a vocation you might get a job you might be a missionary fine that's not your quest what's your quest? love God love self love others how's it going Right? We're all on that journey. That's actually harder than you might think. But we do have a quest. We've all been picked for it. And there you go. So now as you make transfer to Frodo destroying his ring, you're going to fight evil and learn how to love. That's your quest. And as you do this, first note to make, I wrote it here, it does not have to be chronological. Okay, A lot of people get hung up on that. They're like, oh, i got to start in Bag End, and then i got to go to Crick Hollow, and then i got to go to the... Marie. Like but that's not how my life is. Well, of course. It's not how your life you're doing your journey not Frodo's journey, right? Tolkien has Frodo's journey go in this order. That's like for Ulysses He goes to like Cyclops and then mermaids and then this if I did my journey It would be the same right like that's because it's my journey not Ulysses got it that makes sense So what I want to encourage you to do is follow like follow the notes for duck quests And then just look at yours and just make connections in your life. And then just later for your map, that's where you get to put them in order. Does that make sense as much as it can? Yeah? So A, don't worry about chronological. B, one sec, B, it does not have to be a physical location. It could be a psycho, is that what you're gonna ask? (laughs) Yeah, it could be a psychological thing. Like maybe maybe this is an emotional quest for you or a relationship quest some of you, it would, be, it would do you good service to make this your spiritual journey quest. Bag End Inhabitant is where you started out when you first became a Christian, and you've been on this journey all along. We track. Is that making more sense now?
1: Are we what? Are we presenting?
0: So That's the scoop. That's no. You don't have to present this to the class, but I will give you a chance on the day of the final. Be like, oh my gosh, I had this really cool thing. I was doing this, and I found this out, right? And the truth be told, many of you will be putting together a testimony right now. Very powerful. A testimony of God's faithfulness on your journey. Or maybe you're starting your testimony or maybe it'll be in the future. Some of you will do one day. Some of you will do everything in the past leading up to right now. Some of you won't want to touch your past or your present and this will all be future. This will be a college thing. And you'll be planning out your journey. Right? All those work. Are we making more sense now? Mm -hmm. Second thing that you have to be aware of is that I will allow you to have two, trust me, Mr. D, okay? Because you're 18, I'm a Bible teacher, and a lot of you are going to be sharing your journey with me. And you get to Weathertop, where Frodo gets stabbed, and you've made the connection. Yeah, when I was a kid, my dad, you know, was really abusive. and It really wounded me. You don't have to tell me that. (laughs) Like, that's okay. You can write down on the Weathertop one, Weathertop, where Frodo gets stabbed, can be like, Trust me, Mr. D. And in those little spots you write, believe me, I get it. And what will I do? I will trust you and believe you. Now, if you're like, Megan and Hobbiton, trust me, Mr. D. And then you're like, and then, you know, Prancing Pony, trust me. And, you know, Weathertop, trust me. And Maury, trust me. And Lori, I'm like, okay, I trust you, but I need some evidence here. So pick some other things, right? So you get two of those. And it's not supposed to be House of Crick Hollow. I don't know. Trust me, Mr. D. Like no, that's lame. You're lying, right? You figure it out, and then if you figure it out, and then you write, "Trust me, great, I'll trust you." No, well, I know, I won't know. So, but it's not designed to be two. I don't understand cards, and then you just leave it, you know, right? Trust me now. We good? The other side of this is if you choose to want to tell me some of the really intense stuff in your life, this is fully confidential. And obviously, it's, you're trusting me with that. But I'm not going like to post it on Facebook or tell all the teachers, I shred this stuff when I'm done with it, right? Or I delete them on there. Actually, if they're on Academy Central, Academy Central gets deleted every year. So it, it'll go away, right? So I, if you want to share with me, I'm happy to share in your story. Some of you already have with your C.S. Lewis thing. I appreciate that. And it's profound for me. To understand what students are going through and what you're going through right some of you have some really powerful stories and thanks for sharing that with me I do appreciate it you just you don't have to fair enough we good so don't worry about the chronology you'll do that with your your map and you're allowed to like tell me that you get it without having to tell me Got team now any, now, I, I took 10 minutes there to reiterate all of that. I mean, this is your final exam, so how are we doing? We good? Now, by the end of class, it really, it will make, it should make sense. Let me say it like this. If after tomorrow, this doesn't make sense to you and you're still confused, you got to come talk to me. It's your final exam, and that means I either kind of dropped the ball or you weren't paying attention, which I'm fine with either one. We just need to make sure you know what's going on. So I don't want you to be really, really confused. Okay. The other thing to mention, I haven't mentioned this all day, I should have mentioned this, but the other one to mention is like, I've done this for 14 years. If you're stuck on one, come and talk to me. It'll take me two minutes like, oh, if you thought of this, oh, you know, I'm happy to help you with this. Or work with your friends or do this with your family. And again, the more you put into this, the more you get out of it, right? And if you're busy and overwhelmed and it's Christmas, just fill it out, hand it in, be done, move on with your life. It's fine. It really is. All right, I'm going to take a drink of water. Onward, let's do it. Now we've already watched a bunch of the movie on this point, so that's kind of nice. All right, so let's let's do that. Uh, Let's start with Bag End and Hobbiton. I think we had a little time in class yesterday where we kind of tried to start it a little bit, right? So now you get to actually take the notes. And again, you can do these online. You can just color your map and listen and do the notes later with Tate Fritz or your friend. I honestly, I really don't care. All right, just as long as you show up and hand it out. Oh, by the way. If you show up on the day of the final and it's not filled out, guess what you're doing for the hour and a half? going in the library, you're filling it out. Right? That's your final, but we talk about it in like the movie. So. yeah? We good? Okay, so here we go. Bag end in Hobbiton. Now that you got it in front of you, you need to write down three things. That's all you gotta do to get credit for this. Right? But there's probably about twenty that you could write down. Ready? What's it like? We've watched the movie, we've read the book.
1: Happy, joyful.
0: Happy. Lots of joy, right? Big birthday party, what else? It is comfortable and safe. It's pretty safe, yeah. I like that. Pardon? I like that. Been, I've had three words on that one today. I've had innocent, naive, and maybe even ignorant, right? Like, it is innocent, they're kind of naive, but they're also like, are they aware of everything that's going on around them? No, but all those fit, and that's okay on some level, right, on some level it's okay. I like the innocent, it's very innocent. That's good. Kindergarten, right? Like, they don't need to know everything that's going on in the world. What else? Describe it. Simple. What? Simple. I like the simple. It's definitely a simple lifestyle. They're gardeners. They play games. They have parties. They like good food. That's their life. Right? That's not bad. huh? Community. Huge. Lots of community. Lots of family. Lots of friends. This is an interesting one that came up last class. Nobody else brought it up, but I'll throw it out there for you guys. Um, People assume that Frodo's got this nice, hunky-dory, cute little family. He's actually an orphan. His parents are dead. He's living with his uncle, so he's living in a broken family, right? So that's an interesting way to connect. Tolkien was an orphan by the age of 12, right? So some of you can connect. Like, yeah, it's family, and it's beautiful, and it's nice. But it's also, there's this pain here, right? That's been redeemed, which is really good. What else? Did we say birthday parties? Like, there's lots of parties. Yeah, mm-hmm. good food. Now, let me give you two or three other things to consider, which that works, right? But this is where I think we're going to start entering metaphor land a little bit more. For example, think about the ring. The ring, we've already talked about, that can represent what? Evil, temptation, or sin that will destroy us, right? Well, how did Bilbo, we saw it the last couple of days, how did Bilbo find the ring? Excellent. It was acting. He just found it. He just stumbled upon it. Mm-hmm. Does that happen in our lives with sin and evil? Yeah, think about the junior hire who stumbles upon a porn mag or a pop-up or on a friend's phone, and there's porn. And then all of a sudden, what? For the rest of their life, they what? They're struggling with this thing. And that was just—it was just they stumbled upon it. For Frodo, how did he get this evil ring? He inherited it. Oh, there's a metaphor. Sorry, not a very fun one. But I think of that for me. That's what I inherited from my family, right? Definitely inherited codependency. My mom was a huge people pleaser. And my dad, loved him, amazing doctor and a great guy, and he loved God, but his identity was off, right? Guess who learned those things from his parents? Right here. So I inherited these evil things from my family. And half of it, I wasn't even aware of it in high school, right? Is Frodo aware of what he inherited? Hardly. But look at this. If he doesn't destroy that, it'll do what? Destroy him. It'll take him. It'll ruin the Shire. Check this out for me. My marriage would be destroyed had I not dealt with the codependency stuff. Like, I guarantee you, it would be mangled right now. I went to therapy, had some good counseling and mentorship, and we're hanging in there 20 years later. Like, it's a big deal. For the people-pleasing and the identity stuff, my job would be ruined if I was still a people-pleaser. Are Academy? Can you get away with that? You're going nuts if you can't say no and set some boundaries, right? But also my identity, if I was working for my identity as a teacher, that'll tank it. That'll tank my job real quick. So again, some really good therapy and some good mentoring, we're okay. But I had to deal with those things in my life before they destroyed me. Some of you are not in your heads, right? You already know what you've inherited from your family. Love you. Let's take care of that, right? Sooner than later. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, what have I inherited? I'm like, well, I love (laughs) you. You'll find out at some point, right? And uh, we all, we've all inherited stuff. Some of you have stumbled on sin already, and like Bilbo, you've got to let that go in the Shire, you know. And is this making sense? I think that's some really powerful metaphor. That being said, too, the Shire is safe and it's wonderful and it's great. Can Frodo stay there? No, if he stays there, he will die. And not only will he die, what? the Shire will get destroyed. Ooh. See, so again we're in metaphor land there. Yeah, the Shire is like this whatever, whatever nice, awesome, innocent, beautiful place but he can't stay there. Oh, okay, so now we start getting some of these details where the metaphor starts making sense. Yeah? Are we tracking? Let me do one more for metaphor land for some of us. Tolkien spends about 125 pages on the Shire. That's a lot. (laughs) The movies have been criticized. They really have. In like professional critics and movie reviews, they often are like, "What is going on with 45 minutes in The Shire in the Hobbit movie?" They're like, "What are they doing in the Shire for so long?" Or they're watching like the birthday party took forever, you know. And they're mad about this. And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I get why you're all upset. You want the big battles, but why? Why do we spend so much time on the Shire? Because it's what? Because it's awesome. Think about this. Yeah, you don't have to, but who?" Who would love to, like, visit a place like the Shire? Or who would like to actually go to New Zealand and, like, see the set, yeah. right? I mean, it'd be awesome. Or how about how many of you would like to live in a place, like, like the Shire? It's beautiful, it's safe, it's kind. There's family and fun and birthday. But wouldn't that be nice? Like, we can raise our hand on that, right? And by, by the way, if it's not the Shire, what about Rivendell? Eh? Or a in the trees? Or how about, come on. Aragorn seven layer awesome castle I would love to live there right? see there are these amazing places in Middle Earth and if, you, if Tolkien doesn't describe them in the way that he describes them we'll miss it why are we going to destroy the ring why are they battling orcs and then Helms Deep and then Pelennor Fields and then the Black Gate Battle and then fighting the ring race all, why are we fighting all this stuff to do what save to save those places and are they worth saving Yeah, and that's essential. See, we have to build up this gorgeous shire because is that worth fighting for? Yeah, I see some of you are going to Haiti here in a couple of weeks, right? Or the Dominican Republic or whatever. You're going on these missions trips. Are you going to just give them enough food so they can survive in poverty for another day? I hope not. Don't go if that's where you're going. We're going. Timothy's there. You're going to help them what? fight that poverty to get out of it, so they can have a family, so they can have a real soccer ball, so they can have school, so they can get out of those places into places more like the Shire. Is it worth doing? Yeah. When we were doing the Zambia project, one of the first things we had to realize the first years, we are not going to make sustainable poverty. Why are we not in Zambia anymore? Yeah, they're doing great. They've got a well and a water tower and Farms and chickens and food, and a schoolhouse and school outbuildings, and you know, like a soccer field and real soccer balls and fruit trees with fruit on them. And they're doing great, <laughs> okay? Nice work. See ya. We'll go somewhere else and fight another battle. We don't want to fight sex trafficking just to pull guys and girls out of sex trafficking so they can just, you know, have a crummy life. We fight sex trafficking to pull them out of that to get therapy, to get help, to find freedom. To maybe have families and husbands and wives, like, to have a life. Does that make sense? Yes? I get scared of people. Listen to me say the whole thing. I get scared of people who like battles, who like war and guns and tanks, who like that stuff just because they like fighting. That makes me nervous. I have no problem with people who like the big guns and the missiles and the tanks because we're fighting a battle for what? To stop Hitler so we can save Europe, <laughs> right? So we can stop ISIS so people can you know, play games and have food and healthy homes and parties. Does that make sense? We fight the bad guys to protect the good stuff. And that, that is important to have that in our minds. And so as you look at these metaphors, the Shire is a place that's worth, I would even go so far as to say, worth dying for, right? This is worth fighting for. This is kingdom of God type, type of stuff. Go team? That's a lot of information, but now if you flip to my quest, how are we doing? I mean, let's just even go there right now. Some of you could flip there right now. Does anybody have any things like the Bag End or the Shire can be like this for me? Anybody? You don't have to share, but anybody? You have one that's already kind of sticking? You got, you got one?
1: Yeah, wait. Okay.
0: Yeah, go ahead. i yeah, not you go first, and then we'll go back there. Yeah.
1: Sure. Uh, I work at a summer camp Damn, at Timberlake, Wisconsin. Yeah, so it's like it's that place for me, and I go there for like 12 weeks in the summer, and the community is just awesome. Exactly. Camp yeah.
0: should be like we should. Someone should have a camp and call it the Shire. You know, like yeah. why not or Rivendell? You know. And that's that's the way. It should, that's, there you go. It's a great connection. Now. Maybe you could stay there, right? But I mean, camp is designed to be this one space where you learn things and you grow and then you move on, right? And, although if you're a counselor there and you like work there full time, that's different, yeah. right? But right, like you're not gonna just live your life as a student at camp all the time. It'd be nice, but we need to move on. But at the very least, it doesn't even have to have that component. It's safe, it's like the Shire, it's beautiful, camp is worth saving, yeah? Awesome. You had one.
1: Uh, Kind of simple, but maybe like childhood.
0: Yeah, I love that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hopefully your childhood is like the Shire. It should be, right? Should be. Now, is that true for everybody? No. No way, right? So don't lie and you're thinking like, well, uh, Hobbiton's like the Shire. Like the the Shire's like my childhood. When it's not, right? Like, here's part of it. Hopefully it's like your childhood. But guess what some of you are going to do? Bag End and Hobbiton is like the family I want to create someday and that's gonna be your final spot on the map, right? Where you did not have a Hobbiton childhood, but you wanna create the Shire for your future family, right? Like, there you go, that's cool, that makes sense, right? But yeah, hopefully, you know, like kindergarten or childhood is like the Sandlot, you know? It's like you have to t- that's your childhood, it should, be, it should be like that, but it's not always that case. You have one?
1: Uh, I would say we can. Dance. There you go,
0: I like that. I mean, hopefully Wheaton Academy is like a shire for you, and can we stay?
1: Mm-hmm. Love so ya, sorry. Go. you. Sorry.
0: You got to go at some point. But we'll hopefully stay. it's like that, right? Where you have a wizard come in. You know, some wizards are coming in and help you make sense of the thing, and you're finding out what evil is. And you got to go- graduate and go on your big adventure. I think that's a great connection, right? There you go. Maybe Rivendell is a good A lot of people do Rivendell as that um, high school experience. Mm-hmm. Great, Yeah was this making sense oh yeah well let's do one more i have a question oh question great
1: um for the shire like you said like it can be a place where like you can't stay there yeah so can it be like sad
0: Mm Mm-hmm. sure now it shouldn't be completely sad on some level that might be some other places like in lothlorien they're crying basically the whole time it's a sadder place so -hmm. maybe wait for that one Mm -hmm. the shire is pretty happy it's a pretty cool place right Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's a good distinction. Is that me? And Tolkien has those, don't worry. We have those sadder places or those those it's, it's, it's like the Shire, it's beautiful and nice, but in Lothlorien, you know, they're grieving over Gandalf and it's pretty bad, right. Like they're crying most of the time. And it's actually a little intimidating too. So yeah. Good. Tracking? And remember I said yesterday, like, you know, the womb or like your bed. Or kindergarten. There's lots of options. And again, maybe spiritually it's something. I like how you said emotionally. It's like my childhood emotionally. There you go. It's a great way to go. <laughs> Onward, are we ready? <laughs> okay, let's do this. This is perfect. We got an hour. And by the end of class, we will make it to Brie, and then we'll be back in the movie. And tomorrow we'll do Brie and we'll do Weather Top and then we'll test the spirits on Monday and we're off. So ready? Everybody grab something to write with and grab a map. And let's like kind of figure out the journey, because Frodo's going to leave Hobbiton now. All right? Here we go. So I've got a red pen. I've got my map, and I'm going to draw the big red line as we go. All right? You'll even see that the, the crayon that these guys use isn't exact. That's fine, whatever. Um, but I found this map in my pot. I've lost the one that I used to use, so I'm just going to use this one. I've got the little Christian station on here, so There we go. And a shark, watch out. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to point out a few things for you. I want to challenge you to not draw the line right now. Some of you are like, I want to draw the line right now. They don't go on the roads, like, right? Like you got to give yourself some space here and let me help you navigate this whole thing. Unless you want to use that gray sheet and look ahead, that's fine. So first up, let's just find habitat. Ready? North, south, west. East, it says Wee, right to we at the bottom of the map. Alright, so here's the way. So in the <laughs> northwest quadrant, right in the middle is Hobbiton. Hobbiton. The way to find that is Arnor and Ariador. See those big words, Arnor and Ariador? The A in Ariador, this big huge A on the map, is like an arrow and it points towards the word Shire. Mm-hmm. And then between the words, the Shire is the word Hobbiton. And next to the H in Hobbiton is a tiny little itty bitty square that is Bilbo's house. Do you remember all this? You yeah. find it? Yeah. If you didn't find it, look on someone's next to you. Let's help each other. You guys gotta help each other out here. Okay. Well, dot okay.
1: doesn't represent Hobbiton, it represents. Okay. Well, so it's so represent. left of the H. Yeah, left in the H. I mean, it really represents
0: Hobbiton. But Hobbiton's that small?
1: That's it. Yeah, it's tiny. All right.
0: Okay, so right there, Hobbiton is that little thing. That's where Bilbo's house is. That's where Hobbiton is. That's where we start the journey. All right? Sorry, I just need to get a quick drink of water. I've been talking for six hours today. All right. Where does Gandalf say to meet it? Bree. you got to get to Bree. Now, don't draw the line. I'm just trying to help you find out where things are the line actually, they go south and they go through the woods and stuff like that. But to find Bree, you just go down the road a little bit with your finger or with the back of your pencil, follow the road east to the little Chetwood forest and the word Bree is right there. It's where the intersection of the roads are. Okay, so it's about, on your map, it's about two inches east. Yeah? Everybody see it? Help each other out. Put a little X there, or a little circle there. <coughs> That's Bree. Did did they meet Gandalf there? No. Oops, no, but who did they meet? Aragorn, I know. Whew, baby, all right. <laughs> they meet Aragorn there. He's the king. He's going to help them out. And Aragorn's like, we have to get to Rivendell. We've got to get to Rivendell and talk to the council and figure out what to do. So now, again, they do not go on the road at any time during this. So
1: Bree, is that where the... That's prancing they, horses the prancing ponies
0: there, yeah. We're gonna watch that tomorrow, all right? So that's Brie. That's what the ring race like. Try to, stay. They stay at the pillows and stuff like
1: that.
0: Okay. So from Bree, we have to get to Rivendell. Don't draw the line. But if you were traveling in a in a safety time, you would just go down the East West Road, over <coughs> the last bridge. Trollshaws. That's where the trolls are from The Hobbit. All right, and then go right up to the Ford at Rivendell, and you'll see the word right before the mountains. The word Rivendell with a little arrow pointing to a little triangle. And that is Rivendell. That's where the Fellowship of the Rings was, right? And that's where everybody comes and they meet and they decide what to do. We good? Now, at Rivendell, what does the Fellowship decide we have to do? Destroy the ring where? Mordor, specifically Mount Doom. Everybody got that? So Mount Doom. Now it doesn't say Mount Doom on your map, it says Oro Druin. So the way to find that is if you look, actually you guys are looking closely at your map, look back at the map of a hole. Look at the whole thing, look at the mountain range. It makes a pitchfork ending in Mordor. See that? You got the, the handle of the pitchfork down here and in the bottom corner is the fork of the pitchfork. That's Mordor. It's this big square mountain range. In the upper corner of Mordor is Orodruin. That is Mount Doom. Put a little lava there or whatever. And by the way, we've got colored pencils and crayons around the room. Make sure you share. It's like kindergarten. you got to share your crayons and pencils. All right? But you can you can color this. You don't have to color whatever. But Oro Druin is where we need to get to. Just so you're aware of the context, this distance is like hiking the Appalachian Trail. How
1: long
0: is it? Yeah, somebody Google it. I don't know. It's like a couple thousand miles. It's long. it's long. But they usually do it in like five or six months. Yeah. About, they have boats in here. Like Alright, now that's the big epic. Just a few other things that you need to be aware of. Directly east from Mount Doom, about a half inch on your map, is uh, Barad-Dur. That is the tower that the eye is sitting on. The big tower with the eye on top of it, you know what I'm talking about there? That is right here, Barad-Dur. That's Sauron's oh, hideout. Everybody see that? Is that a little like cool. rectangle a little, little stick. Yeah. That's, that's that tower. Now that's one tower. In the book, the two towers. What's the other tower? Anybody know? Isengard. Yeah. So it's we call it Orthanc or Isengard. That actually, if you want to find that one, that's Saruman's place. You know where he's ripping up all the trees and making those funky orcs? Yeah. If you take your finger and go right in the middle of your map, you'll land on Fangorn Forest. See that? It's kind of like stuck on the side of the mountain range there. Fangorn Forest. If you go to the F in Fangorn, the word Fangorn, and then go directly west into the middle of the mountains, you will see a tiny little circle with a tiny little triangle, and the word Isengard with an arrow pointing to it, and it saying say Isengard is down in there.
1: Yeah. You don't,
0: you don't need to, just that's it not, that's not yeah, no, I, I'm just telling people where stuff is. You don't need no, to highlight that. that, but this is just so like kind of you know,
1: where stuff is.
0: Another big one, just as part of the story, is Aragorn's Castle. That's kind of nice, tier Tirith or Minas Tirith, or you want to say it? Take your finger, follow the mountain range down, follow the mountain range down, jump over the Gap of Rowan, follow it all the way down right to the edge of the river. That is the last little triangle on the mountain range right before the river. Minas Tirith, or Minas Tirith. That's Aragorn's big seven-layer castle. big dark castle. Where is Right the
1: river? Yeah, it's staring
0: Mordor the face, right? So that's a big deal. All right? Um, I could keep going all day. We're not going to. Are there any other ones that you guys just are interested in? Oh, wait. I got one. I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of people want to know where the Lonely Mountain is from the Hobbit*. Right. So if you go to Rivendell, they're at Rivendell, they go directly east over the high pass, over the old fort, through the old fort, get attacked by spiders, that's in the Hobbit. Keep going. Uh, they get dragged up to the Wood Elves over there and you get Long Lake. And then the Lonely Mountain is right up here. That's where the big Battle of Five Armies is going to be, right outside that mountain. Well, that's all taking place This, area. All right. this is like for sure how this is his map. He made it.
1: Oh, he made it. He made this yeah. yeah. How big would this be like in relation to no idea. No idea. US? Like, I, don't know. I think most match people
0: match. try to compare this to like England and Europe, that kind of size. Uh-huh. There's a I, tomorrow I'm gonna tomorrow I'm gonna spread out all the picture books and you guys can flip through picture books and stuff. There's one book that's got all the maps in it, so just grab that book. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't
1: read the entire series. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Do they go to each Yeah, or they or go to a lot Aragorn?
0: of these places. Uh, Aragorn, when he goes and gets that green ghosty mm-hmm. army, he goes through these mountains down here, and then comes up a river, and then comes up the river down So like everything on here is mentioned Almost everything is either okay. mentioned or used, or it's in the Silmarillion or yeah. stuff like that, yeah. Over here, I don't think there's much going on, but whatever. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: just okay.
0: Any yeah. other ones? Yeah. Oh, some people might really like the Theoden's yeah. Hall. The theater one. His, uh, his is Ederos. It's right here. It's directly south of Fanger. All right, so directly south of Fanger.
1: Yeah. they even go to the very top
0: Up here? Yeah. I don't think they go up here in these books, but they do go to the Grey Haven thing, right by the R in door. That's where the boats leave. At the end of the movie, the boats are sailing off right there. They never go to,
1: like, Farland? there. I don't know. That's the okay, whatever. It's a map, right? So. Wait. So how do they know like what that's called? Is it like described in the He well, makes well,
0: up. Tolkien made it up. He he drew this oh, map. He drew map. Yeah, he oh. made the map. Yeah. He Unless
1: someone drew this map. No, yeah. no, no. He. He's he's someone drew it. It. He's no, no. He's Tolkien
0: he's made it. He made the mother. map for the story. Right? It's so cool. He loved maps. He loved
1: history. Got a fun so
0: All right. Let's get. Let's go. Let's keep going. So Hobbiton. Everybody, grab a pen or pencil now now when to draw your line so get a color that you're going to stick with and you're going to draw this line on the map we are in hobbiton i got my marker and i'm in hobbiton and what i'm going to do is just drop south from the road a little bit so drop south a little bit and then go directly east i go between the letters s and h in the word shire so you kind of just go Drop down, and just drive, go right between those two letters, hop over the river. Don't go up on the bridge. They go over Beckleberry Ferry, which is down here. It's not on the map. And then you just, you hop over the river and stop right on the edge of the old forest. So you should be like kind of in the middle of the edge of the old forest. Where,
1: where are you in relation to the river where it forks? So, uh,
0: is so that th- where
1: you cross? see
0: that little tiny river that forks, and there's like a sliver that goes into the old forest it's right in the face of that.
1: Right in the face of that
0: the I like to say it's a little sliver of a river. <laughs> so it's the tiny little river that goes into the old forest. You're right on the edge of the forest. So at the house of Crick Hollow, their backyard fence is the old forest. So they're right on the edge of it. Okay? All right, if you need help finding it, just look on somebody's or come up and look at the map later. Let's, let's do it. So here's where I need a little bit of help from you guys. There's no shame right now, no fear, you'll read it someday. I'm not worried about that. I just need to know my audience, because in the first period today, only one person had read the book, it's okay. I just need to know, because I don't want to be asking you what happens if nobody knows, because none of this stuff is in the movie for the next 45 minutes. So I just kind of needed a little bit of a nod, you don't have to raise your hand, but like a little nod or a little hand up, like I've read the book and I know what we're talking about and I can participate, anybody? I read like
1: 100 pages. Yeah, that
0: might get you there. Yeah, yeah, we got a few. We got four or five. Okay, good. The rest of you have fun reading it someday. All right. Um, but so for those of you who have, feel free to chime in. All right. And uh, the rest of you, will you'll be able to jump in tomorrow when we get to the movie with Bree. Okay. And that means if you have not read the book, you really do need to take notes right now. Okay. And write down some stuff. So <clears throat> a couple things happen. Right. They leave. Here's where, on that part of the journey, the ring wraith on the road thing happens. They meet the elves. That's really cool, right? So that's all good. That's not. I didn't make that as part of the, the uh, metaphor. We could, but I like getting us to the House at Crick Hollow. Tolkien has a couple key things here. It's In the book, it's called A Conspiracy Unmasked. It's that chapter, okay? Now what happens there? we got Frodo, Sam, Mary Pippin, and a guy named Fatty Bulger. Bummer of a name. <laughs> so what happens? House it Creek Hollow. Well, on the way there, they meet uh, Farmer Maggot. You can talk about Farmer. That's a bummer name, too. But Farmer Maggot. Frodo's really scared of Farmer Maggot. That's like in the movie. That He's got the little sickle oh, or whatever. But they're scared of Farmer Maggot because Frodo used to steal mushrooms from them. Oh. But in the book, they're scared of Farmer Maggot, but Farmer Maggot actually does what? really helps them out he, he covers them in the wagon takes them to their house, gives them food helps them get over the ferry really cool As Frodo is scared to death of Farmer Maggot and his dogs but he's actually what? a really nice guy I kind of like that in the metaphor some of you showed up at Weed Academy in freshman year, you were scared to death of Koriaki right? uh, you know, you do you need to be? No, she is so sweet and so nice. Or like Andrew Tink. Like, can sc- be scared of Tink. I mean, that'd be like being scared of Mr. Brock. Like, uh, what? But some kids are because they don't they don't know him. And that's what happens with Frodo here. He's like he's afraid of this guy. He doesn't need to be. He's actually on our side. So that could be a fun little metaphor opportunity. But more so, House of Crick Hollow. House of Crick Hollow. What happens at the House of Crick Hollow? It's just the five of these hobbits.
1: Yeah. Isn't the ring? Rhythm-
0: he does. That's at the end. We'll talk about that. But actually, yeah. They sneak out in the morning and they leave Fatty Bolger behind wearing Frodo's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> ring Race comes to the door. Fatty Bolger runs out the back. There's a sentence in the book. He was running down the road, bless you, screaming, ah! and the Ring Race is chasing him. But actually, that's a great metaphor. Frodo and his friends leave and they go into the old forest. And Fatty Bolger does what? He stays. He takes one for the team. He's kind of a decoy. It's pretty cool, right? Some of you in your life have that. You have parents who've never done a missions trip before. And you get to do what? Go on a winter trip or a missions trip. And they're staying behind and they're praying and they're paying. Right? And they're letting you go. Some of you have parents who've never been to college. And you get to go. And they're staying behind. And they're working, so you get to go. Does that make sense? So, they do some cool, I like that Fetty Bolger moment because he stays. He takes it for the team and lets them go. I love that. Other things that happen. What's going on the night before? Party. I think it really is. I call it a hot tub party. They have big hot baths. Actually, I think they're bubble baths. Like the big hot baths. Really good food. Bread and cheese. Good brew. They're all singing and dancing. They're having a what? On, what are they having? Party. Hot tub party. What does Tolkien say you should have? Are you done. Before your big quest, what should you do? Get together with your families and party. I love it. Christians aren't that good at this. Tolkien writes it in his story. It's in the Old Testament. It's actually part of the law. Read Deuteronomy. There are at least seven festivals. Two of them are a week long where the Israelites are commanded to stop work and party. All right, we need to get better at this. Now, some of you are gonna graduate Weed Academy, like slunk around, and you just sneak off to college. What should you do? You gotta hop around at parties. Go for it, right, before you go off to college. For real. Uh, I'm not kidding. Like our God is a God of party and a God of celebration. He calls heaven a big wedding party. At least we got Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter. Fourth of July or whatever, we should be having more, right? We should be good at this. Tolkien writes it into the story as part of his metaphor, before your big adventures, before your epic quests, make sure you celebrate, hang out with your friends. Really important, right? Now, it's more than that. A couple other things that happened during the party. Frodo does this. He says, some of you remember this from the book, right? Hey guys, I got something I want to share with you got this big burden that I'm carrying and I've got to go on this huge epic adventure to destroy this evil ring thing. And what do they say? I love it. Uh, yeah, we've already known it and we're coming with you. Oh, priceless. It is a priceless metaphor.
1: This is at the
0: house? Yeah. We can't miss this metaphor on the journey and the quest. Frodo confesses. Frodo shares his burden. Frodo shares his struggle. Over here, this is either side of the metaphor for you. Frodo's friends do what? We're coming with you. I like saying it like this. We will see it done. We will see it through. It's beautiful. That's powerful. And, and by the way, how long do Mary, Pippin, and Sam support Frodo in this? To the end. All the way back to the Shire. That's awesome. That's the metaphor if you want to write that into your metaphor. Am I, too, am, I, am I too far away from it to talk about a Matthew Anderson story? No, do we still know some of that? Some of us know that? He was a student who went to the grammar school and went here and in junior high he had to tell his friends he had to confess to his friends, I have I have leukemia, I have cancer that's hard to share and some of his friends said we're here for you to the end, and they were actually some of his friends are still supporting his family afterwards. And he he, he died while he was at Wheat Academy, right? So it's powerful, huh? Uh, I don't know, like was four or five years ago.
1: It was, like it was the
0: same class as Lexi Youngberg, right? I think it was yeah, a, yeah same class. Yeah, he was on my sailing crew. He wasn't able to go on the boat, right? So it's powerful. But some of his friends saw that through. Right? Um, I, I think it's really interesting. Some of you have done this. I, last year, were, you could probably think of what I'm talking about, but there were two students, particularly, who shared with some of their friends that I am really sick and really struggling. And what did some of those high school friends do? Here's my cell phone, call any time. They visit them in the hospital. They were really supportive, it's really powerful, right? Um, I think for some of you, this is the metaphor. I've got this huge burden. I've got this evil thing I'm struggling with that I want to destroy in my life. I'm struggling with porn. I'm probably addicted. You finally do what? Tell your friends or tell some people who you what? Trust. Does Frodo tell everybody? Should he tell everybody? No, he shares it with Gandalf. He shares it with people he trusts, and they do what? they support him. I could think of people sharing about, there's a divorce in my family. I just found this out about my childhood. I don't know what it is, but ready, some of you, maybe before the semester's up, need to do, what is Tolkien saying you got to do? Share the burden. Confess. Some of you are not going to identify with Frodo. Some of you need to do what when your friend tells you this? Commit. Hey, if you say, here's my phone, call me anytime, you better what when they call? Pick up the phone, right? Because Frodo, Frodo has friends like Sam and Mary and Pippin who stay with him the entire time. They see it through. Guys, yeah, this is my life as well. I just had a friend of mine confess addiction to some pretty severe drugs about, about six weeks ago. I drove this person to the hospital for inpatient therapy, right? They just got out. I'm helping them with their outpatient therapy, and I'm going to do what? Be with them as long as I can support them. Like this is my life, too, right? I've had to confess stuff to people. This, I think if you're willing to let this happen, you can find connection in this life. And if this hasn't happened for you yet, what does Tolkien say?
1: <laughs>
0: At some point, you will either have friends tell you huge stuff, and you'll have an opportunity to support them on a quest to destroy this stuff, or you will need to do what with some of your friends? Confess out Right, yeah I
1: have a question Like for the My class part Yeah Like what if that Hasn't happened and Exactly for, So for like a part in, Of this like, Yeah of
0: And of, so that's uh, where I want you to realize Like that's a great That's just part of What today is about Some of us We haven't had Like nobody's told us Big stuff And I've never really Had any big things happen What's Tolkien saying Though about our journeys? Okay. This will probably Happen at some point Like for most Human beings Right For most human beings They either have Something they need to share or they're gonna go through something really hard where they need support, they gotta ask for it, or you're gonna be a friend to someone who is like that. Does that make sense? Is that, is, if we really think about it, is that true? Yeah, from pretty much everybody. you either gonna have a friend. If you're, you had nothing happen to you, then you're probably not, you're in complete denial, right? Or if you don't have friends who are sharing with you anything, maybe that's something you gotta start considering. Why is nobody asking me to join them on their class? Does that make sense? Like it's a big deal, yeah? Does that help? And so that, that, maybe that's college. You guys are 18, right? If I were honest, at, my, at that point in my life, I did have a few people who shared stuff, but I didn't have anything to really share. I was doing pretty good, right? College is when it all exploded for me. So for some people, it's, it's been their 40, you know? Yeah? I think a classic one is often in a, in a marriage. One... Somebody will share with the husband or wife, like, guy, hey, I'm really struggling with something right now. And it's like, okay, I'm with you. This is what a marriage is, right? Does you know, so. that help? Yeah. Keep going? All right, so that's Farmer Maggot, house at Crick Hollow. we got some options for some metaphors. Is that enough to work with? Good. See how this works? All right. They leave the house at Crick Hollow, and they go into the old forest, and they end up by that little sliver of a river. I know it's really hard to see, but if you look, you can actually see a little river going into the old forest, so it kind of goes straight in and then up by the river because they end up by they end up by that willow tree that's trying to eat them, yeah?
1: Mm-hmm. Is it up by the top of the river? Yeah, kind of
0: the top, top part it's right like there.
1: The top
0: of river. Yeah, just a little sliver there, and they just kind of go into the forest, mm-hmm. and they get, they get lost, and they end up getting eaten by the tree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so now I want you to, so here's this old forest, right? Just go directly into the forest and then just go up a little bit and then you can just stop. You're right in the middle of the floor, right? Now, this is where I think for some of us, this is where you're going to start seeing how the metaphors work. I have a hunch that most of you will not email me in college and say, Mr. D, a willow tree tried to eat me. You i you go, okay, yeah, that's great. I hope that never happens, right? But if the, the metaphor is really powerful, think about it like this. Woohoo! Let's go, guys. We're gonna sneak out in the morning. We're gonna start our big adventure. Photos feels pretty good about himself. He's got the ring. He's got some friends. We're all gonna. We're gonna do this thing, right? So they leave. Like the first day, <laughs> sorry, of their big adventure, they get out there. Anybody know in the book, right? This is where they enter the old forest. And what starts happening? Not. We're not at the willow tree yet. How do we get there? There's a few steps. They start their hike, and what starts happening? not yet not yet right right at the beginning yeah yeah okay ready the trees start closing in it's a little dark that's suffocating they're a little tired they start arguing right remember this they start arguing They're, they're, they're you're getting frustrated and annoyed. then they actually get what lost right They get lost now we're lost and we've lost the trail So they're tired, they're frustrated, they're arguing, they're lost, it gets dark. Then they do what? They have to give up? They give up, they sit down by the river. Oh well, I don't know what we're gonna do. Then they get attacked. One of them gets dragged into the river, one of them gets swallowed by a tree. Ah, I know, crazy. Now, what does Sam do? I think it's Sam, what does Sam do? This is huge. Everybody has to type or write this part down of the metaphor. He does
1: what?
0: He's running around yelling for what? Help, right? Ye- I like this. I want you to write down, he yells for help. Yell, help, help. He's running around, help. And that's what some of us need to do. Right? Run around and yell for help until it shows up. And ready? Does it? Who shows up? Tom Bombadil, all right? Tom Bombadil in his blue jacket and yellow boots or whatever. He's skipping down the path and helps them and rescues them and saves them. It's awesome, right? So, ready? Look at this now. Now, look at the metaphor. Woohoo! We're going to start our college, our first job, our marriage. We're going to go on our missions trip. And, all right, going along gets a little confusing. gets a little dark. We're starting to argue. We're tired. We're lost. We're confused. We give up. We're attacked by the enemy. Did we expect this enemy? No, we didn't expect it. What do we got to do? Da- help! Yelp or help? And does help show up? Yes, help will show up. Help is available. You guys have watched <laughs> this. Some of you, unfortunately, know exactly who I'm talking about this year, this fall. But I've done this for 14 years. I've got plenty of examples for you, right? These are students who started their gap year or their first job, particularly college. First year of college, right? This is awesome. Ready? Here we go. And a month into it, they're staying up way too late. They're involved in too many things and they start getting what? tired, a little overwhelmed, then they what, drama with relationships, or they're fighting with their roommate, and then what, oh come on, we've watched it happen, How's the grades doing, they're failing three classes, they're not getting their work done, and then what, they're going to what, they give up, and they're either going to drop out, or just fail out, and I've watched it, I've watched it, ready, I've seen two types of students. There's some who don't call for help and they show up and give me hugs every now and then. And I love them and I'll give them a hug and they dropped out of college or got kicked out. They can still go on their journey, but how did college go? Yeah. Not so good. And then there's others who do what? I actually had three students call me on this phone this year in October. They call for help. Great, I'm here. I'm like, hey, go to student, go get some counseling, right? Go ask for a tutor. Do something. And they do, and they're still at college, and they're going to make it, right? Because they did what? They called for help. Does that make sense? And is help available? I literally had someone text me at Thanksgiving, and they said, Mr. Dominguez, thanks for taking my. I was on the phone for 20 minutes with this guy. Thanks. At Thanksgiving, he's like, thanks. I'm here with my family. It really helped. I'm like, okay. He just needed. He called for help, and I told him to go to the counseling center. And he went to the counseling center, and he's doing great, you know. But there's the difference, and this stuff happens. Does that makes sense. Are we start to see how this stuff works. The metaphors here. I think it's so interesting. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about when we're going on family vacation, right? Or that mission trip, or that youth group retreat. You know, like day one, ah, flat tire, or everybody's arguing, or we get attacked, or whatever. Like you're either gonna regroup and figure it out, or things just change, right?
1: Right? This, this
0: happens, and Tolkien knows, and he writes it into the story, and what's the lesson? Yell for help. Yell for help. I think it's so interesting. How long did it take for the whole, whole thing almost to get tanked? A day. You know, one day, and they're almost tanked. And Tolkien's telling them, you got to learn to yell for help, right? All right. Who has a
1: Chromebook
0: charger? No, there is one right here. Is this a Chromebook charger? Yeah, I don't even know. And there's a plug. You can just unplug something there.
1: What is the he doing? You. This? Uh, Those are beaker tops. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There's right, some <laughs> right. I love it. My, my classroom <laughs> is so crazy.
0: All right. Next, we leave that. They get rescued by who?
1: Bombadil,
0: and they go where? Bombadil's house. I don't know where it is in the old forest. Nobody knows where it is. Just go somewhere else in the old forest. Right? So there we go. And here's the key to that metaphor, you guys. Some of you are gonna be Frodo, and what do you need to do? Yell for help. But guess what some of you, guess who some of you get to be? A bombadil. You might have a Project 9 kid who's like, ah, finals, I'm gonna fail. Help! And what can you do? You don't have to wear the blue boots and the yellow hat, but hey, yeah, you can bounce on over. It's going to be fine. <laughs> help them out. Give him some study skills and help them out. Does that make sense? Like some of you are Bombadils. You really do like bouncing around helping people out. Keep doing that. That's great. So remember, you, you don't have to identify with Frodo always on these metaphors. You could be the Bombadil. You could be the Sam that yells for help, right? Okay. So now we're at... Tom and Goldberry's house. Now, those of you who read the book know what I'm talking about here. But I would say this. If you're not going to read the book, at least get that. I I am so close to just photocopying the chapter and handing it out to people. It's so awesome. I love this place. My wife and I want to make our house like this house. Anybody know why? Like, what's it like? Anybody remember? Yeah, that's fine. So Tom and Goldberry's house it's it's beautiful it's safe. Like when we say safe, 100% safe. No evil. It is totally safe. They sleep on big comfy down beds. Goldberry, Tom's wife is walking around singing all the time. There's all this great music. There's delicious food. There's good drink. Uh, they have a huge, they have a huge flat screen TV. No, not really. But like, Tom at night there's a fireplace and he's telling all these stories, and it's all these old stories. Like, how old is Tom? Anybody know? He, he goes all the way back to the creation of Middle Earth. <laughs> he's one of the Maya Right? Remember it is Ilvatar, who creates those Valar, those singing angel beings, and those singing angel beings have servants. Sauron is one of those Maiar servants. He serves Melkor. Right, well, Bombadil's one of those angels' servant beings. Like they're at an angel's house. It's incredible, right? And, and it's just awesome. And Tom's walking around serving them, like so. She serves him. She serves them. They serve each other. It's just an awesome place. Really safe. It's beautiful too. Like it's like it's gorgeous. There's windows everywhere. And it's amazing. They get the stories, too. And it's not just any old story. This is like church history, awesome story stories. It's like for you guys in a church history class where you look at the Old Testament stories that go all the way back to the beginning. And then you get to Acts and you listen to, oh, those cool Acts, Peter and Paul, those cool stories. And then you're like all the saints and, you know, St. Augustine and all the way through. And you're like, wait a second. I'm in Acts chapter 2,433. Like, I'm... I'm in that same Bible story, like we're living it out. We're the church, like it's the same story. Oh my gosh, like, oh, right? And Frodo realizes, wait, this ring is, that ring with Sauron and the Silmarillion? Like,
1: whoa,
0: and what is Bombadil? Like, Bombadil's like, yeah, and you're gonna do it. You can destroy this ring. Nice work, cool. And actually, remember, we did this with the test. Right here, how far have we gone on the journey? Not far, but Bombadil is what type of a character? He is powerful. He puts the ring on it. Does it affect him? No. I love that. Tolkien gives Frodo, at this point of his journey, a character who I'm going to read it in just a second, a character who talks about he is stronger, he is faster, he is more powerful than evil, any of the evil in Middle-earth. That's good to know. Actually, mini lesson for some of you today. You've got to learn this because some of you don't believe it right now. You really don't. That good is not just as strong as evil, but what? Good is stronger than evil. Always. Always stronger than evil. If you don't believe that, then no one things are really confusing. But Frodo, he meets some dark stuff. It gets pretty bad. And Tolkien has given him this gift that all the way through the journey, he knows, he knows in the back of his mind that good... Is more powerful. It's always more powerful. Even if it doesn't look like it right then and there. That's cool. They get ponies. They get backpacks. They get rest. They get wisdom. They get counsel. We have at least three things written down. <laughs> we good? That yeah. house of is so Awesome. Um, can I help you guys with a few metaphors? Right, does anybody know of a place like that in their life? This is really safe, really good food, really great people. Grandma's I would hope it's a grandma. Like, come on. The grandma house should be like this. You go to grandma and grandpa's house, and it's just awesome. There's always good food, right? They're, they're pretty safe, hopefully, right? Really wise. They've got all these great stories. I think grandma's house is a great place. Now, does everybody have a grandma like this? No, no they're, they're not everybody has a grandma. Right? But it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice. Uh, anybody else? Let me give you guys a tip. I think some of you actually aren't aware of what, what's going on, but some of you have homes like this where, sorry, I'm laughing, but like there's always people coming over to your house. <laughs> they're like, always coming to your house because there's always good food and they're raiding your fridge and they're always eating the brownies or the cookies that your mom makes and they're always coming for pizza dinner nights and like, why aren't you at your house? Because you know? they're always there because they're talking with your mom and your dad because they're so wise. Are we tracking? No, that's not all of your houses, but you know what I'm talking about? For some of you, that's the house you find yourself always going to. <laughs> You're always there and like, you just even do that. Does any of you have a house that's not yours where you're just allowed to raid the fridge? Anybody? Yeah. See, you know what we're talking about? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what we're getting at here. It's like this second home, which is pretty cool. Some of you, whose house is that? Right? Everybody's always raging your fridge. Isn't it great? But we need that. We need that on the journey. Right? I want to make my house like that. My wife and I want to make a house where people, we had people there last night from Kentucky, and they just came in and they're like, Can we
1: stay here? like, Sure.
0: And my wife, Jen, whipped up this amazing chicken dinner, and we got music playing in the background, and we we're all playing games. And they, I want my house to be like Was it
1: random? Like people pizza. No, they were my
0: friends. But I, I would think even cooler if I could, we could get to a place where it was random. I would love that. That's like bed and breakfast. Someone
1: knocks on your door. But
0: some people have built bed and breakfast like that, right? Which is so
1: cool. All right, hey,
0: come here. Let me give you one of the examples. I'm actually recording this class, so I'm going to say it on record. They haven't fired me yet, but here we go. As a Bible teacher, I have to say this. As you head off on your adventure to college or your gap year or your first job or whatever, I'm supposed to tell you to find a church, so go do that. Whatever. That's actually a lot harder than you might think. But I, I, I'm saying that a little facetiously. But like, you got to do that. Like, it's important to find a community of believers. That's hard. Here's what I want to say though. Like, in this context, I think some of you, this is what you got to find first. You got to find a Thomas Goldberry's house. You've got to find a safe home to go to, a mentor, a husband or a wife or a family or a coach or a professor. Something that's what really safe. Gods of wisdom. Someone who can give you context for your journey. A place where you can go. Part of me likes that, that it's not church, right? Does that make sense? Because church has its own complexities, And you got to maybe even process church out sometimes. But this is that safe place to go to. I had this at Houghton College. I went and did an adventure thing. And the guy who ran the program name is named Bob Smalley. And at the end of it, he's like, Hey, Matt, you know what? Freshman year, kind of tricky. If you ever need any help, come up to my house sometime. So it's October, and I finally... I walked. literally I had to walk up this like hill to this, this guy's house on the top of a hill. <laughs> I love telling them. Oh, I've been laughing all day. This really, really happened. I slid open. I knocked on the window and was waved in. And I slid open their porch door, and I walked in. There literally were warm brownies sitting on a table over there, hot coffee that was made, and his wife, Lori, was sitting in the living room playing the harp. I <laughs> what the heck? Like, oh. And she's <laughs> like, whatever. Right. Bob had just come in off the hunt and I'm like, where am I? What the heck? Right? And guess what they did? Like, hey Matt. Bob gives me a hug. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and they invited me to stay for dinner and I stayed at like eleven o'clock that night, just chatting oh, about just so cool. Right? Actually I found myself going back there more and more. I found out Bob was an actual shepherd in New Zealand, like with okay. sheep. <laughs> I know, what the heck? Who is this guy? He was so good at hunting and tracking that he could track a deer and like pet it. And then he would like shoot it, you know, like just <laughs> But like at sophomore year when Jen and I started dating, we went up there and they mentored us through our dating relationship. They ended up doing the homily in our wedding. I still connect with this guy. He's amazing. And I'm like, that's how, I, I mean, church, yes. But that's how I survived college. Were
1: they an older couple? Yeah, were they
0: were an older couple. He was a professor at the oh, college. Okay. He was a professor at the college, yeah. yeah. So you went to
1: Houghton, and then for Houghton. school? Houghton. Houghton. Houghton,
0: Houghton. Yeah. And then you went to Oxford? Well, I went to Houghton, and then my senior year of Houghton, I went to Oxford for a semester. And then I went to University of Illinois at Chicago for my uh, master's. So. You've been, like all of it's been quite a journey. Oh, pretty cool. I not, see, not, it's I nice because I'm using this I stuff see, to see. offer you guys. I'm trying to help you guys. I can't get over
1: that you went to Oxford. That's
0: really cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I learned a lot. I learned. I, to I, don't I have to be careful Oxford, saying this, but Oxford. I learned yeah. more mm-hmm. in my six months at Oxford than I did in my four years of college. <laughs> 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 it was great. well. When you get to at Oxford, it's tutorial style. So think about this in in college or even high school right now. How often do you get one-on-one with a teacher? Now, my Shakespeare class, I went to my professor's house. She made tea, and we talked about Shakespeare, just me and her. She's an Oxford professor for an hour each Um, week, (laughs)
1: right? That's awesome. Now, I had,
0: she would tell me to read some plays each week. and I had to write a 10-page paper every week. But I learned to talk, you know? My Chaucer class? was me and one other student and this Chaucer professor we would meet for an hour a week. Chaucer is a he's a poet and a middle agent. Like huh? Do they have that many professors? That's,
1: that's just how it works. That's, so how it works. that's how you guess what school is. It's, it's tutorial is style. It's, 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 tutorial it's, style. It's, it's been like that yeah, since it's the, it's the, the sports Middle Ages. So it's Like, how
0: did you it blind they let me awesome. get it Let's so like so yes. get out of there. So but I think like that that concept that concept of finding. Actually, here's what's really interesting. When I was even in Oxford, what? I found I a mentor. Like, It's so important to find these mentors and to find these places where you can go that's safe, right? And I think it's really important to process. So here's my homework for you guys. First job, gap year, missions trip, missions year, or college. By Thanksgiving, find what? Find a time and a Gold Bear. By Thanksgiving. All right, or at least by the end of first semester. Gotta do it. Like pray about it now, start praying about it because that is a huge gift, it's gigantic. All right, we good? Again, are we starting to see how these metaphor things work? Is, this, is it we track in? Let's do this. Let's finish up this last one today and then that'll get us to breathe for tomorrow, which will be great. So they leave the old forest and they go to the Barrow Downs. Now the Barrow Downs are this little mountain range hill thing between the words old forest and the words barrow down. And so it's right there just next to breathe. So they go into those, and then they get attacked again and almost die. So there you go. All right. Hey, you guys, this is a lot of information today. You're doing awesome. Thank you for hanging in there with this. All right. And we'll be adding the movie here eventually. But let's just finish this last one up. Now, anybody know, It's in the, chat, in the book is called... The Fog on the Barrow Downs is the chapter. Anybody know what a Barrow White is? Kind of like a ring raid, but not really. This would be the equivalent of a Middle Earth zombie. Yeah? And actually, zombies have that brain virus, so that's what animates them. In in Tolkien, you have evil spirits that animate dead kings that go attack people and bury them alive. That's a little freaky. This is not a kid's story anymore. Right? So, the Barrow Whites are an ancient burial ground from long days Wait, past. Yeah.
1: But don't then, they later in the, the last one, don't they show
0: up? Yeah. But those other are things. they in
1: two, are the two? <coughs> so,
0: here's what I would, there are two groups of them. These are the evil ones. And the ones, the Green Army guys, is that what you're talking about later? Yeah. The Green Army guys, those are good kings who promised to help fight against Sauron. And they bailed on their promise. Punks, right? So what is Aragorn mm-hmm. doing? and say? hey, you guys promised to help the king fight the bad guy. Ready, right? set, let's go. As if they were bad because
1: they did kill people.
0: Did they, they did, them? but they had made a promise to help. And so yeah. he's saying, hey, here's your chance to help again. These guys are just evil zombie bastard mm-hmm. creatures. Yeah. So that, that, nice connection. Mm-hmm. Very good. We'll actually get there probably towards the end of class. So these these barrel white creatures, they atta- they what it is is, here's one way to frame it for your metaphor. This is an evil spirit attack. An evil spiritual attack. Right? You can even go as far as to say it's a demonic attack, if you want to, in the metaphor land. And does that happen in life? Yeah. Not necessarily demonic possession, right? But just like Satan tries to attack us. He's a jerk, right? So here's the metaphor. Now this is gonna sound like the old man Willow, Old Forest metaphor, but it's actually pretty different. We're leaving. Bombadil's house, right? We've got ponies now. He hooks us up for the journey. We've got food and supplies and a blessing, right? Here we go. They get a little tired. They decide to take a nap on the side of the hill. They wake up from their nap. They slept way too long, and darkness and fog is rolled in. Ugh. They need to keep going. They keep going. So now check out the progression here. Fog. They keep going. Anybody know what happens in the fog? Huh? Yeah, they lose their ponies. They get separated. They get attacked while they're separated, and then entombed. So they are attacked and then put inside of a tomb and left for dead. And what these things want to do is they want you to—they'll bury you alive. You'll die, and then they'll inhabit that body. Right. Right? So. What is Frodo, what would you do? Frodo, what does Frodo do? He's trapped in a tomb left for dead, and he, what did we learn about Willow? Yells for help. Yells for help. If he does, he calls for help. What is Tolkien teaching us on our journey? A, you got to get attacked. Mm-hmm. B, yell for help. we got to do it. Now let me read you guys a little passage of the book. We're almost done. Ten more minutes. Hang in there. Man, you guys have done a great job today alright I love this little passage of the book if you want to follow along if you have your book you can you don't need to page
1: 138
0: Frodo fell over Mary his face was cold but courage was awoken in him all at once it came back to his mind the first coming of the fog and the house under the hill and then of Tom singing he remembered the rhyme that Tom had taught them and he began oh Tom Bombadil and with that name The courage began to grow. Ho, Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo, by water, wood, and hill, by the reed and willow, by fire, sun, and moon, hearken now and hear us. Come, Tom Bombadil, for our need is near us. He calls for help. There was a deep silence. Frodo could hear his heart beating. And for a long, slow moment, he was playing, but far away, as if it was coming down through the ground or through the thick walls, an answering voice, singing, Old Tom Bobadil is a merry fellow. Bright blue his jacket is, and his boots are yellow. None has ever caught him yet, for Tommy is the master. His songs, I love this, are stronger, right? Stronger songs, and his feet are faster. I love that. Tom is more powerful than the evil. Call for him. There was a loud rumbling sound as stones rolling and falling, and suddenly light streamed in. Oh my gosh, don't miss this. They are in a dark cave. They're in a tomb. What does Tom do? Rolls stones away from the entrance of the tomb. (laughs) Light streams in. It's beautiful red sunlight. It fell on the floor. The faces of the hobbits, they did not stir, but a sickly hue had left them. They went from being almost dead now, right, to deeply asleep. Tom stooped, removed his hat, started singing, Get out, you old white! Vanish in the sunlight, shrivel like the cold mist, like the winds go wailing. Out of the barren lands, from far beyond the mountains, come never here again, leave your barrow empty, lost and forgotten, be darker than the darkness, where do the gates stand forever shut, till the world is mended. At these words, there was a cry in the inner chamber, and things fell with a crash, long shrieks fading away into unguessable distances. Come, friend, Frodo, said Tom, let's get out of here. Let's get out onto the clean grass. You must help me bear them. Together they carried out Mary and Pippin and Sam and Frodo. They left the barrel for the last time. He thought he saw a severed, wriggling hand like a wooded spider. Tom went back in again. I love this. There was much thumping and stamping. When he came out, he was bearing arms. a treasure and armor, gold, silver, copper, bronze, beads, chains, jeweled ornaments. They climbed on the barrel and laid these out in the sunshine. And it talks about them. They carried out these people who were left for dead in a tomb into what? Out into the light. Tom gives them new clothes. Come on, this is Ephesians 6. He gives them armor. He gives them swords. He gives them treasure for the journey. God will not call you on a quest without equipping you. He actually gives them money, right? They get money for the quest, journey, and treasure to pay their way. Pretty cool, right? And they are saved again. They're rescued. Awesome. Great moment. Great moment. Right, part of me realized, like, this is, I could see why Peter Jackson didn't put this in the film. Pretty powerful. But, like, it's an overt, overt Jesus metaphor. Like, stones rolled away from a dark tomb. People who were dead coming out to live. This is at least, uh, for you, this is a hard one for some of us. So let me just kind of give it away here on some level. For some of you, this is like I was dead in my sins, trapped in the darkness, and Jesus rescues me and brings equips me for the journey. Like some of you like, check. If that hasn't happened yet, well, I hope it happens some point on your journey, right? Um, but at the very least, this is a friend who's helping you out of a dark time. Or for some of you, this is a spiritual attack, like a demonic attack. And we cry for help, and the Holy Spirit helps us. Amen. Right, we got that? A couple good ones there. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts or questions on the Barrow Whites or Tom rescuing them from that? We got enough for our metaphor stuff? Was he bringing the armor and treasure? No, he pulls it out of there, so So it's kind of a redemptive
1: moment. So it was somewhere in those two?
0: Well, check this out. I love this. If you want to I mean, I can talk and talk and talk. But there's an ancient burial ground for kings. So what kind of treasure do they get? King treasure, king armor. That sword that I think it's Mary, yeah, no, Mary. I think it's Mary. it's Mary or Pippin. Who stabs the Nazgul guy in the ankle? Pippin. That sword that Pippin get, it was designed to fight Nazgul. He gets it here from Tom, has no clue really what it is, and then uses it in the big battle at the end to stab the Witch King and so, uh, so Eowyn can kill him. He's equipped for a battle he doesn't even know he's gonna have later, right? isn't that cool? Good stuff, good stuff. And it's kingly, I love that identity stuff, that princely stuff. They're walking around learning princely stuff now. Cool. It's a little story time. I had something really unique happen for me, and we're gonna to get to Brie tomorrow. But uh, I hope you don't mind. He was sitting right here. I'm, I'm really visual if you haven't noticed. This student was sitting right there. I can totally remember this moment in class. Last day of class, and I said, does anybody want to share some cool connections they made with the metaphors. And this student, you could see, kind of like, all right, I'll share. And I love it because he was totally blunt and honest. <laughs> he's like, all right, Mr. D, got to admit, I thought this was a really stupid, lame assignment. And quite frankly, as I was filling it out, it was just boring and stupid. I'm like, okay, I get it. Right, and he's like, I got to the barrel white ones, and I'm like, I had no idea what to do. I was clueless. And uh, he shared this with us. And I was amazed that he shared this with the whole class. And it was interesting to see how many students in the class had no idea. This was a spring. It was in the spring. It was the last day of school. And he raised his hand and he says, he tells me that whole thing. He says, Mr. D, I got to this point of this metaphor thing, and it all made sense. And I'm like, oh barrel whites Okay, whatever. Tell me about it. So he tells the class and he says, junior year. He goes back two years. Junior year started. Things were great. I was having an awesome junior year, I was ready to be an upperclassman, and around Halloween my parents told me we were, we were going to get a divorce. My dad confessed a bunch of crap that was destroying our family." Uh, right? Like, that just sucks. Right? That's so like, I got stabbed. Right? So then he goes on to say, what was strange to me was to look at what you said in class about the barrel white things, the fog on the barrel Downs, and what happened to me spring of junior year. It's like, so Thanksgiving sucked, Christmas sucked. I came back, and some of you guys know spring, junior year. Ugh, it's really hard, isn't it? So here he is, and he's like, I was crazy, Mr. D. I was walking through the hallways last year, and I literally felt like I was walking around in fog. Like if everything just felt so foggy, I was confused and disoriented. And then I literally started getting separated from my friends. They would call me to do stuff, and I would just say, no, I don't want to do it. depressed. Or they would call me to do stuff, and I would say, yes, but not go. No. Right? And then they just stopped calling me. And I stopped calling them. I stopped doing youth group. I stopped doing church. I basically was alone almost all the time. And then I got attacked. I was failing three of my classes. I was totally depressed. I alienated myself from my friends. Does this sound like the story? I mean, this is exactly the story. He said, and then I got attacked. I really didn't get attacked spiritually. I got attacked. And I am just like, oh my gosh, this guy's sharing all this stuff in class. He said, Mr. D, there was a night last spring, like about a year ago, where I was sitting in my house, in my bedroom, with the door locked and the lights off. I was trapped in a dark cave and I was going to kill myself. I had all the means to do it, I had already written the letter. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like he didn't, he's here. And he he said, I had my phone, I sent out a text to three of my friends. And he said, I'm really desperate, I'm at my house, someone can you please come right now, I need some help. And he hit send, and he he told us, if someone didn't show up in half an hour, i was just going to kill myself. Now the other person who was part of this story, he got a text, one of his friends got the text, and his friend said he had this huge burning in his heart. All right. He knew something was wrong, so he drove to his friend's house. And he got to the house, he pulled into the driveway, and something was weird. He's like, I could tell something was weird. He went to the door; it was unlocked. Amen. At the door, front door was unlocked. He goes into the house, like a light on is here or there. It was awkward. So he went up to his friend's bedroom, and he's like, everything felt really bad. I knew something was wrong. And so he knocked on the door. Now, switch gears. The guy who sent out the text was like, oh my gosh. One of my friends just showed up. He's like, he kind of froze. He didn't know what to do. He saw the, the light coming in and the feet below the door. And he's holding his little letter, and he's got his phone. He's like, yeah. this guy's pounding at the door. Let me in. Are you in there? Let me in. The feet leave. And the other guy, he went to the garage and grabbed his cinder block. He's going to break the door down. Right? I know. And so here's this pound, pound, pound. He's like, if you don't open this door, I am going to break it down. Because the other guy was like, if he's already tried to kill himself, I got to get in there get some help he has a cinder block he's about to pound the door and the guy opens up the door and he sees his friend I mean, it's like right out of the book the whole light is shining on him and filling in the dark room and his friend's standing there with a cinder block in his hand right and it's like the both start crying and they hug but the guy's sitting here he's telling this story and all the students are like oh my gosh right he's like but mr. d it all made sense like the journey thing made sense I'm graduating while right now, I'm not dead. It's like and I went to Rivendell and I got help, right? And I fought off my bell and I found my fellowship and I made it through senior year and I'm excited to go on the rest of my journey. I'm like, hey, we we're all like cheering, you know, the people were crying. You know. It was a really powerful That's, moment. I'm like, I'm not, I, part of me like, I hope you don't have that type of connection in your life, right? But on another level, like this is why we're doing this is for us to realize this bigger picture, right? Wherever you are on your journey, even the hard moments, right? This is part of a journey. If, even if you looked at it right now, Hobbiton, yay. House at Crick Hollow, yay. Old Man Willow, meh. Bombadil, yay. Barrow Downs, right? Like this is part of that journey and many of us can start relating to it. We good? You tracking? Thoughts, questions, comments? Now, I got a minute here. <laughs> At the end of this hour that we spent together, is this all whole thing starting to make more sense? Are we doing all I I get a few nods? Are you okay? If it doesn't, make sure you let me know. And you're free now to just go for it. Right? Go work on it. If you can find three things and fill it out, you can finish your final this weekend and hand it in next week. That's fine, right? Just whatever you want to do it. In class, we're gonna look at debris and weather top tomorrow. We'll test the spirits on Monday. We'll go to Rivendell and Fellowship of the Rings, and we'll just kind of work our way through, right up to the
1: final. all All right. Hey, nice
0: job today, you guys. Thank you, you did a great job. Listen, there's a lot of information.